The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 28, 2022. Because the woman in your life is you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, and engineer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Well, he's on the telephone right now. I have a very special guest with me this morning. Joining me in the studio is Katrina Phillips, one of my favorite people in Sonoma County, chair of the Sonoma County Commission on Human Rights. And we are going to talk about the commission. We're going to talk about some of the things that they're doing and some of the and ways people can actually get involved and support the commission here in Sonoma County. And actually, I found out that uh, Katrina has a background in acting, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and I'm really excited I'm really excited to hear about that well as a his special historical treat joining me on the phone this morning will be Laura Tradicnik a president of the Healdsburg chapter of the American Association of Human of University Women and we will be talking about the history of the organization and how folks can get involved the first meeting of the organization happened on November 28th 1881 and they are still going strong so happy anniversary to the aauw celebrating 141 years of service well thanksgiving oh my goodness it was a wonderful family gathering and extremely heartfelt you know we have a tradition something i started with my family years ago going around the table and saying what we were thankful for there was so much gratitude and openness that i truly felt the great spirit the great mystery was was alive and well right there with us and also remember it was also indigenous uh, indigenous uh, uh, honoring day and people went to Alcatraz which was very very interesting again this year and I hope if there's anybody out there that's listening that knows anybody that went to Alcatraz uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday if you could email me at elainebholes at gmail.com and maybe give me you know some information maybe someone I can contact to do an interview on I'm really very interested in finding out what happened I think it's a very special day and it's like you said it's indigenous Pride Day, and we have to honor that also, as well as uh, getting together with our families and gathering and just just being grateful. Well, I want to do a, a bunch of thank yous because I feel so such gratitude. You know, being on the air. This is our tenth year uh, this time, and, and that Ken has joined me. He's been co-producing. You, you didn't say good morning to the folks. Well, good morning. <laughs> good. It's a good. It's a great morning. Well, I want to do a special thank you to my co-producer and engineer Ken Norton, who is at my side every Monday morning to make sure all our ducks are in order, along with making sure we are set up for the replay tonight. 
Uh, also, a reminder, you know, we do, record, uh, we do record live here at KPBF 89.1 FM. And a special thank you to Edgar Avila for being such a great program manager and to our president, Alicia Sanchez, and her board for keeping us on the air. November, like I said, November marks 10 years since I have come back to the radio station, and I want to thank all my listeners for out there for listening. I really, I truly appreciate you. And also a shout-out to the Petaluma Station. One of, uh, uh, I can't remember their letters, but I'm also on at the Petaluma Station and all the podcasts that we're on. Just a, 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 an attitude of gratitude. That's what I have. I'm very, very grateful that I can be on the air, that I can express myself, and that I can bring wonderful, wonderful women on the air like Katrina and all the other women, the hundreds and hundreds of women that I have interviewed. I just want you to know that I am totally thank you and I have a, a deep attitude of gratitude. And I'm telling you, I can still feel, I'm sure everybody feels the, you know, the overlay of Thanksgiving. Like my head is still clearing up. I mean, I never ate so much food <laughs> in my life like I did on Thursday. But anyway, as we do every Monday, uh, we do our special uh, segment called Our History is Our Strength. And like I said, November 28, 1881, it was the first organizational meeting that uh, for the AAUW that was held. And uh, I'm very excited to have the president here uh, on the air from Healdsburg. So welcome, Laura. Laura Tregnick is on the phone. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Elaine. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, today is the 141, 141, how do you pronounce that? 141 <laughs> first, 141 anniversary of AAW with chapters across the United States. So welcome. You know, before we start, I'd like to tell uh, our folks just a little bit about you. Is that okay? That's fine. Thank you. Uh, and make sure you're close to the phone, although Ken can... Okay. okay, good. That's a lot better. Am I better? Yeah, that's much better. Uh, Laura, how do we pronounce your last name, Laura? It's Tradinic. It's a Cornish name, so it's not common in this area. Tradinic, right? Yes. Oh, good. Well, Laura is a lifetime Sonoma County resident. She had a 30-year career in information technology with the city of Santa Rosa, spending the last 20 years as information technology manager. And then after she retired, she spent the next five years consulting with various government organizations uh, in, the, in the information technology field. She has served on boards uh, such as Big Brothers and Big Sisters, the Friends of Alexander uh, Valley Hall and the Alexander Valley Ladies Aid and was a mentor, oh, through the SAVE program for teen mothers. Boy, that must have been interesting, Laura, to do working as a mentor for teen mothers. That must it have been was fabulous. Go ahead. It was fabulous. I'm still in close contact with my mentee some 25 years later. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you've been a member of the American Association of U University Women for 30 years, and you're currently president of the Healdsburg chapter. Well, is there anything you'd like to, uh, you'd like to add? No. Well, a bit of history here. You know, talk a little bit about the AAUW. I mean, it's, it's, sure. kind of, it's kind of one of these programs that not too many women, I don't think, know about. And what's the motivation for the organization, kind of the, the goal and the, and the mission statement? Well, our mission promotes equity for all women and girls 
Uh, we support lifelong education and positive societal change. That's our formal mission statement. In Healdsburg, our motto is we change lives, and I can tell you about how we change lives. Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Okay. Well, uh, we change lives by working through education, and I'll tell you how we do that. In the elementary schools, we have a program called Reading Rocks, where volunteers from our chapter go into the elementary schools and help students learn to read, either one-on-one or in small groups. For junior high students, we have a program which is nationwide, but we select girls to send to a week-long STEM camp, uh, so focusing on science, technology, engineering, and math, and it really promotes an interest in these girls in opening their horizons beyond Healdsburg. They go away to a college for a week. In the high schools, we do a program called Career Choices, where we expose students in the high schools to a variety of careers by bringing in speakers and panels and opening their eyes to things that they might want to do in the future. At at the end of their senior year, we award scholarships. This year, we awarded 15 scholarships to senior girls. When they get to the junior college, or not when they get there, but if they are a re-entry student, so a student who's Education has been interrupted for whatever reason, raising a family, having to support themselves. We offer scholarships to these reentry women. Last year, we offered seven scholarships to reentry women going into their third year of college or university. And we offered five scholarships to reentry women going into their fourth year. That's so a, that, we are supporting lifelong education. That is absolutely amazing. I had no idea about that. I mean, that that's a lot of support. You know, you're not only doing the physical support, but also the financial support, which is really, really very helpful. And I can tell that it's something that's very, very dear to your heart. And as I was thinking, you know, as, a, as an educated woman myself, I was thinking how wonderful it is that you're helping these young people. I'm sure you make a big difference in helping them go through college and all also graduating. So congratulations. Thank you. And we do see the results. We see how we change lives. We have uh, our students who have participated in that Tech Trek One Week Away program come back and talk to the next year's class. And they are amazingly changed by their experience there. It's really wonderful. Ordinary women doing extraordinary things. That's all I can say. Well, Right now. Oh, sorry. Pardon? Go ahead. No, now I understand that we have several chapters here in, in around the uh, in the area, but we have two specifically in Sonoma County. One is in Santa Rosa, right, and one is in Healdsburg. And I want to do a shout out to uh, Kathleen Riley who helped organize and get you on the phone here with me. I want to thank her from the bottom of my heart for doing that. Can you talk a little bit about the two the two chapters? I mean, what is there any difference? Uh, what 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 is what is happening in Santa Rosa say versus Healdsburg, or is it pretty much the same kind of activity well i am first of all there are three chapters there's also a very active chapter in petaluma um so i'm in touch with 
the presidents of the Petaluma chapter and the Santa Rosa chapter, and then, of course, our chapter. Our chapter, I believe, is the largest. We have 194 members, and I think we're the most social. We, you know, we attract a lot of women and, and men. By the way, we do not discriminate on the basis of age, sex, uh, sexual orientation, ethnicity. So we have men, male members as well. But many people are attracted to our chapter through our social activities. We have two hiking groups, a Monday and a Friday. We have four great decisions groups who uh, have a syllabus, and they are studying and discussing events of the day. We have a bridge group, and we have six book groups. So in addition, we have a social committee. We do happy hours three or four times a year. Um, we have a picnic. We do a lot of social things. The funny thing about AAUW, or at least our chapter, is that the first question a prospective member asks me is, oh, how often do you have meetings? And to me, it's a funny question because we really don't. We have two meetings a year for the general membership, but all of our work is done behind the scenes in committees. We have committee, we have a scholarship committee who assesses scholarships. We have the um, committee who puts on our, our fundraising events. And I'd like to talk about one of them because it focuses on lifelong learning. It's patterned after the OLLI program, the Usher Lifelong Learning Institute. And every uh, three times a year, we offer courses which support our members in lifelong learning and the public. We have a fascinating course coming up in February. It is being given by Anastasia Edel, who is a Russian scholar, social historian, and a contributor to the New York Times. She will be talking about the war between Russia and Ukraine, why Russia is the aggressor, how it started, and why is Putin not calling it a war? And why is Ukraine have such strong resistance? So I think this is fascinating. I'd like to invite anyone who's interested to sign up. You would go to our website, which is https colon slash slash healdsburg dot ca dash aa sorry .ca.aauw.net. Well, Joan, I'll repeat I, that at the end of the show. <laughs> I want I want our listeners to re, to remind my listeners that of course all the information that we are giving today will be on www.womenspaces.com. Well, you know that's it's very interesting. You know, make sure that you keep me informed about that because come around February I'll be happy to have you on or maybe even do an interview with your presenter you know we can we can talk about that later on well Laura tell us how can somebody join the uh, one of the chapters what are the requirements are there any requirements do they have to have a certain degree or just can anybody join and how do they join and also final words anything else that you would like to add anything more and important that you'd like folks to know all right well, the requirements are an interest in our mission and at least a two-year degree. And these are 
set by our national organization. Locally, we wish we didn't have that second requirement. Uh, we do not, as I mentioned, discriminate on the basis of gender, race, creed, sexual orientation, disability, or class. So we do have male members. And I'm, I don't know if the other chapters do. I haven't heard of any. Um, so to join, you would go to our website. And, you know, you can just Google Healdsburg AAUW, Healdsburg AAUW, and it will show you our website. website. On our website, you can click on membership, then click on join. I'd also like to mention another way to find out more about us is to read our monthly newsletter, The Grapevine. It can also be found on our website. Not only the current issue, but past issues you'll get a sense of what we do and who we are. And I invite anyone to join. You don't even have to live in Healdsburg. We have members in Forest Hill. Kathleen Riley, for example, is a dual member in Santa Rosa and Healdsburg. Um, so we invite you to join us. We do important work and we have fun. Well, that's the most important thing, that we have fun. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being such a wonderful, wonderful guest here and explaining this great organization. I had no idea that you gave so many uh, so many scholarships. And happy anniversary, 141 years. I mean, amazing. I Ama and, I, and I was so excited that it actually falled on, fell on a Monday that I could actually do the interview with you. So any last words any, just before we say goodbye here? No, I don't think so. I just encourage anyone who has an interest to uh, contact us. Well, Come. Th well, thank you so much, and I want to wish right. you a joyous, joyous holiday season. Thank you, Elaine. It's been nice speaking with you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Wow, so many wonderful things going on in our community. It's just amazing to me. I had no idea that they gave those many scholarships. It's just amazing. Well, I've got one more thing in our segment, Our History is Ourself, that is very, very important to me. And that is, before we take our musical break, I have a very special happy birthday to one of my heroes, Shirley Anita Chisholm, who was born on November 30th, 1924, and she made her transition in January 1st, 2005. And what I remember about Shirley Chisholm more than anything, she was one of the first women to run for president and the first African-American woman to run for president. And when she was asked, what is, what is the most difficult? Is it more difficult to be, what are your challenges as a woman are more hard or is it as a African-American woman? And she said, absolutely a woman. She said, that's it. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She was an American politician who in 1968 became the first black woman elected to the United States Congress. Uh, Chisholm represented New York's 12th Congressional District, a district centered on Bedford-Stuyvesant. And if anybody knows about New York, I lived in New York for five years. Bedford-Stuyvesant is one of the roughest areas in New York City. It's just amazing. She had seven terms from 1969 to 1983. In 1972, she became the first black candidate for a major party nomination for president of the United States and the first woman to run for the Democratic nomination. She actually received 151 delegate votes at the Democratic Convention in 19. 72. 
So happy birthday, Shirley Chisholm. And she's, these, these are the women whose shoulders we are standing on. You know, when I think of Shirley Chisholm and I think of what she did and what she, how she came forward, how she ran for president, how she spoke to power and, and, and really tried to make a difference. You know, these are the women that give us courage. At least they give me courage because I think of her, the first woman to be, the first black woman to be elected in Congress. Imagine the challenges that she had overcome, and yet she was so successful and brought so many good things to her people. So happy birthday, Shirley Chisholm. Really amazing, amazing woman. Well, it's time to take a musical break. And, you know, I have a confession to make. I really do have a confession to make. You know, I saw the movie Elvis, and I fell in love with Elvis Presley's voice again. And so what it did for me is I start listening to his music again. And I came across this uh, song called In the Ghetto, and it just blew me away. Actually, they did not want Elvis to record that that song because they said it was too political and too charged and they didn't want to have that kind of thing on his on his on his resume so to speak and what Elvis Presley said hey listen I was born in the ghetto I know what it's like I know what it's like to be poor he said this song has to come out hopefully it'll make a difference well of course, because it's women's spaces, I'm not going to play it by Elvis Presley, but I have to give him credit for it because he made such an impact with that song. It was just amazing. I found an, another uh, song, uh, another, uh, how do you do it, arrangement of the song sung by, of all people, Dolly Parton. And she's another hero of mine. I mean, the charity work and what she gives and what she does for people is just amazing. And I, I feel this song feels right to me. Why? Because we, when we return, joining me in the studio is Katrina Phillips, who's the chair of the, of the Sonoma County Human Rights Commission. And to me, the first violation of human rights is for, against those people who experience poverty. And this song, in my mind, tells the story. So let's go ahead and listen to it. Let's go ahead and put it on, Ken. And when we return, I will be talking with Katrina Phillips, chair of the Sonoma County Commission on Human Rights. As the snow flies On a cold and gray Chicago morning Baby child is born in the ghetto And it's mama cries Cause if there's one thing that she don't need It's another little hungry mouth to feed in the ghetto People can't you understand A child needs a helping hand Or he'll grow Burns. 
So he starts to roam the streets at night He learns how to steal and he learns how to fight In the ghetto And then one night, in desperation The young man breaks away He buys him a gun and he steals a car And he tries to run but he don't get far And his mama cries As the crowd gathers round an angry young man face down in the street with a gun in his hand in the ghetto. And a young man dies. On a cold and gray Chicago morn, another little baby child is born in the ghetto. And its mama such an emotional song when I think about it. I mean, like I said, the first violation of human rights is the idea of poverty. I mean, when you have a one person who can have a thousand, thousand, thousand hot dogs, so to speak, and then one who can't even buy one, I mean, it really makes, it really is a sad situation. Well, for you just joining us, uh, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinion to the station, the board of directors, its members, or women's spaces. I have to say that song just tears me apart. And when you listen to Elvis Presley sing it, you just go, oh, my God, I just want to, it's just amazing. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine Holtz, and without further ado, I want to introduce my guests. Joining me in the studio is Katrina Phillips. Welcome, Katrina, chair of the Sonoma County Human Rights Commission. Hello. Oh, just welcome. Come a little closer to the mic. That's it. I'm really, I'm so happy to have you here. And, and you know, I, I want to tell my folks a little bit about you. Is that okay? Yes, of course. Katrina Phillips is the chair of Sonoma County Commission on Human Rights, a member of the Human Trafficking Task Force, a volunteer with the Fire, uh, with Fire Pet Rescue and Reunification since 2017. A writer, a poet. And this is what I found out when I saw her resume that she actually, in her previous life, as she talks about, was a professional actress. So before we start talking about the uh, commission on this, uh, the Human Rights Commission here in Sonoma County, tell us a little bit about your background in acting and, and how you came to Sonoma County. Uh, my background in acting, I I think I started acting when I was 10 years old. Um, we did, you know, tons of theater, improv. I ended up um, at the wonderful school, DePaul University in Chicago, um, studied um, and graduated with my Bachelor of Fine Arts and started immediately as soon as I graduated uh, working professionally. Uh, stayed in Chicago for about eight years, then I moved to Los Angeles and I moved up here in uh, 2011, and I absolutely fell in love with Sonoma County. Well, we definitely fell in love with you. But also, you said you were part of an LGBT film that was very important. Uh, yes, uh, the film But I'm a Cheerleader, um, kind of a groundbreaking film, um, has won awards. Um, 
I got to act with RuPaul. It was, oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. I just love him or her. I don't know. I just love him. Yeah, the, um, the director, Jamie Babbitt, um, is um, a very prolific director, and um, I will always support her work. That's amazing. What an amazing story. Well, now here you now here you go from acting all the way to come to Sonoma County, and now you're part of the Sonoma County Commission on Human Rights. What attracted you there? And tell us a little bit about why you believe the commission is so important. Okay. So I became a commissioner in 2020, right after the, right during the George Floyd protests, which were ending up on my street every night. And uh, I kept feeling I have to do something. I have to help somehow. Or I can't just sit here and be sad and upset and angry. I have to get out there and do the work. And, and I applied and I was appointed by Shirley Zane. And I can only say that the, the work that I saw being done by the two chairs that were there before I became chair um, blew me away, absolutely blew me away. The fact that somebody in a position on a commission that hardly anybody in the county even realizes exists, the work that they did and that I got to support and watch. I mean, Jerry Threat, the director of Iolero, Demetra Smith, uh, she originated and co-wrote AB 655, the CLEAR Act, which was just recently signed in by Governor Newsom. Now, that's the first law in the history of the United States to require filtering of law enforcement for membership or affiliation in hate groups, including social media. I mean, wow. Comes right out of Sonoma County, which is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chair of the Commission on Human Rights. So when people think that, that you're, you feel so small in this gigantic world of, of pain and suffering, you feel helpless, like you can't do anything. But there you go. Normal, everyday people, just like you say, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. These are my heroes. These are the shoulders that I stand on. These are the shoes that I'll never be able to fill. <laughs> but you know something, Katrina, you said something very interesting that I want to piggyback on. You said you were sitting there, you had to do something. You, if you didn't do something, nothing was going to happen, and that's it. Even though we, we get upset, we get frustrated, if we don't do something about it, it never changes. And each one of us can do something, mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, whether it's join a commission or join the AAUW or something. I mean, look, here we had someone talking about giving scholarships to, to young people and to encourage them to going to school. And here you are talking about having equal rights for people. I mean, and I, I had no idea that uh, Demetra wrote that. I mean, uh, what a shout out for her. I mean, I was always so impressed with her. I mean, I, I served on the commission for two years and oh my God, she was amazing. To yeah. Me. I remember sitting there during lockdown, watching the house and the Senate and the assembly and it going through and having to change. And it was, it was amazing. I, I felt so invigorated. I felt 
I felt like I was witnessing history, and I did. Well, I'm sorry to say it's one of the best kept secrets in the in the county because I don't remember reading about it. So, I mean, maybe we need to build a little plug to our newspaper that how come something like that wasn't just blasted on the front page to let people know about that. Absolutely. Well, you know, talk if talk a little bit about the history of the of the Human Rights Commission here in Sonoma County. When did it start, and and what what you have? I understand you wrote a new mission statement, which I'd like you to read. So, talk a little bit about the history, and then go ahead and read the mission statement that you have. Okay. Well, the um, the Commission on Human Rights in Sonoma County uh, was born uh, January twenty sixth, nineteen ninety three. Um, so over the years, there's been different chairs, different commissions, different uh, projects. I can mainly speak about the last uh, two and a half years where I have been present. And um, yes, we, we did correct, we created a new mission statement. Uh, it was co-written uh, with Kathleen Finnegan. Um, yeah, she just made her transition. She just made her transition, and power, she is very, very missed. She was. And um, and then the whole commission together solidified the wording at the end of one of our meetings, and it was just beautiful. Um, the purpose of the commission is to promote better human relations among all people in Sonoma County through education, mediation, cooperation with county and community agencies, and by initiating actions that will foster the recognition and the appreciation for the cultural diversity of the community. And in you know, doing you know, that, you know, I'd like you to read that again. Okay. Read it again. I mean, you need people need to hear that. They you need to just listen to this is the mission of the Commission on Human Rights here in our county. I mean, this is a huge statement. So go ahead, read it one more time. Thank you. The purpose of the commission is to promote better human relations among all people in Sonoma County through education, mediation, cooperation with county and community agencies and by initiating action that fosters the recognition of and an appreciation for the cultural diversity of the community. Oh my God, that is absolutely beautiful. And a shout out to our dear friend Kathleen. I mean, I miss her too. I mean, it's, it's, it's so interesting. You know, we have such a short time on this planet and it's so nice when you know that you've made some sort of impact, so to speak. Absolutely. Well, what what are some of the what are you know some of the concerns you know you were talking about a lot of what what Demetrius Smith did you know which was a huge thing you know and then and oftentimes we don't do these big things. What are some of the things that are presently going on in our community that you feel are important that people need to know about? Um, I write a I've been blessed uh, to be invited to write an article on the Commission on Human Rights in the Peace Press every month. Um, so. Please check that out. And um, this month, what I wrote about was um, the, the winter freeze. Uh, last year, we had a terrible time where the temperature went below zero. And due to COVID, uh, there were not enough beds for the homeless and the unsheltered. And the warming centers weren't being opened. And I worked directly with uh, Heather Jackson from um, Sonoma County Acts of Kindness, and we work together, and other groups. We, we work a lot with other community agencies, and that's one of our biggest assets. Um, 
But through that, we actually ended up opening up three warming tents. Um, and then this year, the temperature then went a- again below zero for three consecutive days, and the warming centers didn't open. I'm working with Supervisor Corsi and other groups to work on getting the ordinances and the protocols changed throughout the county because right now it's just citywide. It's just this city, that city, this city. They all have different uh, protocols when it comes to uh, freeze. Explain what a warming center is. A warming center is a place like it could be a church, it could be a community center um, that they open the doors and anybody can go in for warmth and shelter. And the most disappointing thing is that when there's a fire here, which happens all the time now, the county is on it. They, they are open for evacuation and shelter immediately. It is just as much of an emergency, and we cannot wait until the threat of death to open up our warming centers. That is inhumane and abhorrent. You know, I never, you know something, Katrina, you bring a, a, a good point up, and I just want to you know, put a little accent on it. We don't recognize that when you have homeless people and it's cold, what happens? I mean, not only not only adults, but there are also children that are homeless. Yes. That are, you know, that are on the streets in cars and stuff like that. And it's just amazing to think about it. And then also when you say one year it was open and then another year it wasn't open, it it doesn't make sense to me why there's not a protocol in place that when a temperature hits a certain degree, these centers open up, period. Period. And it, and it cannot be 32 degrees. That is too cold. That, that is where water freezes. What are we made of? Mostly water. It is inhumane. The temperature for the protocol needs to be raised Hypothermia can start for some people, especially if you're not in good health, at 50 degrees. Why is it 32? That's torturous. <laughs> yeah, why? That is torture. Well, And we need to start working with the communities to, to help. I mean, the, when we opened the warming centers, I was very worried that they were going to be taken down by the police. And they were, eventually. And I hung out in one of them in um, Memorial Park. And I listened and I talked to the people and they were so grateful, so grateful that, that somebody, pardon my French, gave. You know, it's real interesting. You know, this brings me, you know, as I listen to you, I, I feel your care and your compassion. Where, where does that come from? I mean, what, 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 is, what is your motivator here? I mean, you know, you really have a lot of passion, and I really respect that. But where does, where does that come from? It feels like it comes from the deepest place of you. I believe in people. Um, I believe in the good of people. And that's very difficult because sometimes the opposite kicks me in the face. And I must, every single day, work on the betterment of, of our world 
And the only way you can do that is to start in your own backyard, to start in your own community. And then you can plant those seeds and watch them grow. And maybe, just maybe, the next county over will take notice and say, hey, how did you do that? How, how in the world did you manage to do that? Can you please help me do that? And as soon as we start changing our own communities, it's going to grow. Look what Demetra did. Look what Jerry did. We can do this. And when I was working with uh, the fire, pet rescue, and reunification, that was all volunteers. And it just started by one person realized in the burn zones that there was animals out there, pets. And then we all just fell in line and we created this amazing group of volunteers that went on to the car fire, uh, Wallbridge Glass, Campfire. We went to these different communities and we created exactly what we did here after the Tubbs fire. But also it's another level of compassion, compassion for the animals. <laughs> you know, I mean, oftentimes people forget about that. You know, I think, I think there's a level, I think what's happening, I think sometimes I think what's happening in our culture and you might, I don't know if you agree or disagree, we're becoming too isolated. You know, we're becoming too, too me, 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 instead of we, we, we. You know, not just, not just us, but we and me. You know, like all of us together, you know, we can create things. And as you're telling the story about, about developing this one thing that happened after the fires, it shows, once again, the power of, of a group of people coming together because that's what makes change. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the, the fact that we created strategies and that we continue to improve those strategies, um, and it's something now that, that can be shared all over California. It, that str those strategies can be shared anywhere where these fires are happening. It's amazing. Well, let's hold it there. You know, let's take a little musical break here because I, have, I found this wonderful song. I can't believe it. It's called, it's called Human Rights. And uh, it's sung by a woman by the name of Marcia Griffith. And I, I went on YouTube and I looked and she has done some marvelous, marvelous words, marvelous, marvelous songs. So Ken, let's go ahead, let's put that song on Human Rights by Marcia, uh, Marcia Griffith. And, and you know, there's a lot that, uh, there's a lot that uh, Katrina just talked about, you know, especially what I'm, I'm really in tune with here, sitting here is the, the level of caring that one human being can have and how that brings the energy forward to do something. And I like my listeners to not only think about what she said, but think about what this song is saying. And when we return, I will be continuing my conversation with Katrina Phillips, the chair of the Human Rights Commission here in Sonoma County. So let's go, Ken. Human Rights. Peace. 
human rights. I mean, what an interesting, interesting topic and what an important topic. I mean, when I think about it, when I think about it, I think about Eleanor Roosevelt and when she was invited by the United Nations to write the first declaration of human rights. And, you know, to date, they still have not passed the Children's Declaration of Human Rights, which is amazing. And, and, you know, we need to push for that. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz, and I'm in conversation with Katrina Phillips, who is the chair of the Sonoma County Human Rights Commission here. Well, Katrina, we have talked about some pretty heavy things, and, you know, one of the things that I just love about you is that you have this energy that comes forward. And I just want to tell my listeners, I have my guests always send me five questions so I get an idea of what's important to them. And then... All of a sudden, I looked at uh, Katrina's questions, and she wrote this thing. One of the questions she wants me to ask her is, what is her superpower? So I'm going to ask her that question. Katrina, what is your superpower? What does that mean? Okay. Um, I believe that everybody has a superpower. They sometimes will never see it in themselves, and I believe that people are magical or can be, and I believe that my superpower is helping others find their superpower. How would you do that? Ah, it's, it's as if you look through a lens and you're almost like if you're reading somebody's aura or just paying attention to the, somebody's energy and you pick up on their superpower. And when I used to work with at-risk at youth, um, I used to be a counselor in Los Angeles at-risk and homeless youth, uh, that's when I first developed this skill. Because here you are working with these kids, and some of them have been homeless since they were 12, and now they're 17. And the, the way that they feel about themselves is, is heartbreaking. 
And so the first thing that I would try to do, or not try, I would do, is find their superpower. And I would lift that up. I would exemplify it. I would shine a light on that superpower. And suddenly, you'd see their heart open up and this beautiful acceptance of themselves. And I never even said, hey, kid, do you know what your superpower is? It's blah, blah, blah. I just find it and I shine a light on it. Well, it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're working with your intuition, like you see the good in somebody and you want to lift it up. It's like you see, you go beyond, you go beyond the experience that you're having, but knowing their, like their higher self, looking at the higher level, and then you, you work towards that rather than judging them at whatever level they're at. I mean, that's what, Absolutely. It, that's what it sounds like to me. You know, it sounds a little bit, you know, uh, I've changed the, the protocol a little bit. You, normally, the, we're the last show of the month. I do the uh, Women's Spaces Pledge. And that's kind of what I believe that brings out that superpower. My self-esteem does not depend on anything else. Like you're not worried about the external world. Look at yourself. Look at what you can do. Look at how you can contribute. And you know what's so interesting? When people start contributing, something happens to them. Have you noticed that? Yes, yes. You feel uh, kind of like hungry for more. If I, if I change this, okay, what else can I do? Now what else can I do? Um, and you, what can I work on in myself? When you're looking at different issues in the community and in the county, you realize, oh, there's, there's, there's things I need to work on in myself as well. And that's going to help me with these problems. And it's almost like uh, when you figure out your own strengths, Again, you can help others find their strengths, and you can just build each other up. And that's, I think, the only way that we're going to get through this mess. Well, it's like, it's like taking each other's hands and walking together, you know, walking together towards whatever we want to do. And we can't do it alone. No, and I have an amazing commission. Um, my commissioners, I am so super proud of each and every one of them. And we do have openings. Uh, we have openings in District 1 and District 4. Before we go into that, I want to ask you one last thing. Yes. Another one of your questions was, is you wanted to, what, what are, as far as chair goes, what kind of impact do chairs make on committees? On this, this commission? Yes. Um, I think with the correct leadership, the Commission on Human Rights could be unstoppable the amount of care and um, admiration that I have for my commissioners and the projects that they are doing. And, um, and you I, also have the junior commission. The junior commission this year is going to rock. Um, it did have some faltering over COVID, of course, because they weren't in school. We, no one was meeting in person. Um, so now we have a, an amazing opportunity to rebuild and make it so much better. And um, just the fact that we're able to work with these youth, they truly are our future. And if we can foster that type of, of guidance, the, then I think that the community and the county will be in much better hands in the next decade. Well, you know, one of the things that I would like to see 
just a little suggestion. One of the things that I would really like to see them working on is to encourage the schools to open up civic, you know, to do more civic classes the way we used to do when I graduated. When I graduated, before I graduated high school, I had to learn all about the Constitution, all about how you got elected, all the, the duties of the president, all those wonderful things, which help you become a better citizen. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happens when these young people get in these organizations and they start doing things and getting getting the kudos a thank you for doing something that empowers them and I think that's what you're talking about is the superpower that 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 part that you want to develop within yourself that enables you to be able to go out and help others and when you help others you're really helping yourself well we're at the end of the segment here and I would like you to uh, give us your last words your website and anything else that you would like and let us know when your meetings are Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being here, my love. Of course, love. <laughs> of course. Um, our uh, website is sonomacounty.ca.gov, and then you just look under Commission on Human Rights. Um, again, that's sonomacounty.ca.gov. You'll see all of our, our ad hocs, our committees, um, all of our members. Uh, please review. You'll see our openings. And... Um, Please join us. Next month, um, our meeting has been canceled. Um, my commission deserves a break. And um, so our next meeting is going to be January 24th, 2023. And it's open to the public. Absolutely. Every single meeting is open to the public. And they have time for public comment. Which I think we have public comment. And each month, we also showcase uh, a member of the community that is doing outstanding work. And... Um, January's uh, community spotlight has not yet been chosen. Well, just so you all just keep being amazing and let me find you. Well, thank you so much, Katrina Phillips, for being such a great, great guest and for, for evoking so much emotion in me. And I'm so proud to have you on the air. And also, congratulations on being such a I don't know what a, a superpower chairperson. That's what that's what I'm gonna say. A superpower. I like that because I like to feel like a superpower myself. And I think it's very, very important if we could all just lift ourselves a little bit and not be afraid to speak out for the injustices that go on the world. And also to praise the good that happens. You know, it's the thank yous are just as important as yell out. You know, it's very, very important. Well, that's it for our show, folks. I wanna thank you to Laura Terpicnic, who is the president of the Healdsburg Chapter of the American Association of U University Women, AAUW, and 141 years of service and all those scholarships they're giving out. I mean, it's just amazing. And to Katrina Phillips, chair of the Sonoma County Human Rights Commission, for being such great guests. And get involved. You know, show up at meetings. Show up. Show up. That's very, very important. And a reminder, tell your friends Women's Spaces will be aired again tonight at 11 p.m. I'm so excited I get to listen to my own programs. Remember, I'm available for speaking engagements. And if you have any announcements, birthdays, announcements, uh, anniversaries, please email me at elainebholtz at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to announce them. And above all, remember... Our children are the future, and we must never, never lose sight of that. This is Elaine B. Holtz with Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to being with you the next time.
The previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, November 28, 2022.